Welcome to the Beyond Jiu-Jitsu podcast. This is episode number 81. And today we're talking about some big news coming from the IBJJF just released about closeouts. But before we do, introductions are in order. I'm Kieran Lefebvre and I'm joined by the one, the only, the Adam Charles. Shut up. I hate you so much. Hey guys, Adam Charles here. Beyond Jiu-Jitsu podcast talking about, well, if you're listening to this episode when it comes out, probably a week two old. Week, one to two week old news yeah, around yeah. about there. Uh, regarding that IBJJF has recently made it against the rules to close out in, uh, I believe it's specific to the finals, I believe mm. they said, mm. uh, but you may as well just think of it as closeouts in general are no longer A-OK. Mm. So closeouts, this is pretty big news uh, considering the history of IBJJF and we have some theories as to why now um, we're going to go over some backlash from the community, from the community at large and some key players that uh, have had voiced some strong opinions. Has there been some people saying that have been anti this new rule? Yes. Well, they haven't been necessarily anti the rule specifically, but they they want concessions. They're like, oh, okay, if you're going to throw that rule in, we want this. They're like- Oh, I haven't read any yeah, of that. I'll be it's, interested it's, it's to hear. It's just general background buzz, but uh, we're definitely going to get into that. I've done a little bit of, little bit of research on this one. Um, but f- first and foremost, for those that aren't aware- what Adam, a closeout is. Yeah. Can you summarize or just give us a brief description of what a closeout is and then what the new IBJJF stance is on it? So closing out is when, you know, because most most tournaments that aren't a super fight tournament, like who's number one or something like that, most tournaments, all the competitors are put into a bracket and it's, you know, instant elimination. Think about it no different to a, a – tennis Wimbledon bracket, right? You know, you fight whatever opponent, they lose, you move on to the next the next seat in the bracket. And closing out is when you come up against a teammate. A teammate usually, not as in you're from the same team because let's say a gym like Gracie Baja or a team like Gracie Baja, one of the bigger teams, Gracie Baja, Alliance, Atos, you know, whoever, they have multiple gyms all around the world. So you could have a dude, from the same team who you've never met before, but think teammate as in someone from your gym, like you're the person that you spend every day training with and you come up against a teammate and you don't want to fight each other because you're teammates and you train together and roll together and drill together. And so you close out as in you kind of just shake hands and one of you is declared the winner. How do you decide who that winner is? Well, it's really just up to the two athletes. So I know in the past people from my gym in Brazil who would close out all the time together because they were the same weight and they would always make it to the finals. They would kind of just take it in turns, you know, oh man, you got the win last time. So now it's my turn to win. Or sometimes people close out and they'll do something along the lines of, okay, you take the win as in, on record, you would be the winner of this tournament, but then after the comp, you're going to give me the gold medal. I get to take the gold medal home, but you take the silver medal home. Uh, maybe they flip a coin. 
So that's what closing out is. And it can happen before the final. It happens in semifinals sometimes. And, you know, I've seen people close out for different reasons as well in the sense that maybe they meet in the semifinal and they go, oh, man, Kieran, that guy who's, you know, one of us has to fight in the final, oh, I've lost to him before. He just smashes me. I think, man, I'll, I'll, I'll pass. You, you take the win and you go on and fight him in the final. Or maybe it's like, oh, man, I hurt my back in my last match. You know, you take the win and you go on to the final. I'm not really going to be able to do much more or, or something like that. But essentially that's what closing out is. It's coming up against a teammate and not fighting. And whichever way you resolve it, coin flip, whatever, game of snap, I don't care. (laughs) But having one of you be declared the winner without actually competing. Game system, right? We're talking about two competitors coming together, making an agreement to – you know, not compete in the competition and either progress if it's in the case of a semifinal or decide who wins without having to fight in yeah, the, I don't, in the finals, right? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't classify it as gaming the system because it's it's not as if you're going into a bracket and 14 of the 16 guys in the bracket are teammates and they just game the system to weed out the other two dudes. Oh, so, right, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. So, every, so, you know, the four people on the podium are the, from the same team. It's not like that happens. Yeah. You know, at, at these IBJJF competitions as well, you can only have two competitors per team oh, in, in right. the division anyway. I remember we spoke about this rule a long time ago. I've totally slipped my mind. I didn't, I didn't yeah, remember so, that rule. Yeah, so you can't really game the system in that regard anyway. Mm. If you've got – some of these competitions now have over a hundred competitors in the one weight division, mm. right? So if you had a hundred competitors in, you know, blue belt middleweight or mm. black belt middleweight, whatever, you you got a hundred competitors, and eighty of them are alliance. Alliance has to go in prior to the competition and nominate only two of those guys to represent alliance. So they have to pick two from the eighty that would represent Alliance. And the other 78 dudes, even if one of those 78 got the gold medal, he's not going to score points towards Alliance's team score. You'll see it. You'll see like these big competitions. I don't know how the other teams like Gracie Baja and Atos do it, but for Alliance, you'll see if it says that the athlete is competing for Alliance, you know that their team A, as in they've been – they're going to score. Yeah. And then if it says they're competing for Alliance International, that means they're team B. So for example, famously, probably very loosely using the term famously, but when Nicholas Marigali won worlds, he won worlds at his first year at black belt. Not many people do that. Not many people win worlds. You're saying that he was not team A. No. So when Marigali won Uh, worlds his first year, he was he was team B. Even though he was he had won worlds at purple belt and brown belt, still the sort of he had there were other other alliance athletes in his division who had already been black belts for X amount of time. And you know, you would have looked at it and gone, man, he's first year at black belt. There's probably a better chance that these other guys are gonna score points, like make the podium, than Marigali is. But then he went on to win, and those those points didn't count towards alliances overall team points. This is a very long way of me saying that closing out, you can't really rig the system. Okay. If in terms of, yeah, you can't game the system, I guess. 
But so, that's what closing out means. Right. And for those that haven't seen it, don't know like exactly what we're talking about um, as of like pretty much yesterday, our time. So by the time this airs, it was almost a week to the day. Um, there's no closeouts from uh, 2022 Worlds onwards. Yeah. So this is, it's worth pointing out that ADCC hasn't allowed closeouts, I believe since, well, as long as I can remember. Yeah. I don't know if they used to back in the day, but for as long as I can remember, they don't allow closeouts. Uh, some people might remember seeing Gordon Ryan and Gary, and Gary Tonin, Tonin fight. Yep. Yep. And they actually even have in their rules that, you know, if you refuse to fight your teammate or if you make it look like you're putting on it, like if it's clear that you're putting on a fake fight, mm. then you'll both be disqualified. Mm. And IBJGF now has implemented the same rules. So not only can you not close out, it's also, well, if you refuse to fight your teammate, you're both disqualified or, or if you, you know, if you, if you put on a fake fight. Yeah. So I actually have the exact rule from IBJJF here written out. Send it. It's penalty 6.1.5 and it's called <laughs> immediate double DQ. When one or both of the athletes disregard the seriousness of the competition or perform, I can't even read my own uh, runner here, or perform actions simulating or uh, a fake combat. So let me read that again. So when one or both athletes uh, decide, disregard the seriousness of the competition or perform actions simulating a fake combat. Man, that was very difficult to read. But basically it's, it's saying exactly what you you're English, saying. You English, good. I, I do good English. So basically if if the referees believe or anyone believes that's in charge, believes that the comp, uh, the athletes are putting on a fake show, or there's clearly a predefined winner. Both yeah. get DQ'd. It's yeah. uh, immediate double DQ. So they've had that rule for a while. But I think in the, in the case of closeouts, they haven't been enforcing it, is my understanding. Yeah. Yeah. Uh- I've only just now, as we're having this conversation, thought of a loophole, and I wonder how they would police this loophole. What's because you can you can win a match, right? Let's say you win the semifinal, yeah. So you've you go on to the final, but maybe winning that semifinal cost you something, like you know you got injured in the semifinal, but you still won it, right? Like let's let's talk about the the famous. Hodger Gracie, Jacare fight where Jacare yeah. got his arm broken. That yeah. was a final. Let's imagine that was the semi. semi-final. Jacare won that fight. He wouldn't be. He would have to pull out of the final. Of course, right? Does if you? I wonder if they've already actually. I can think how you could close the loophole because what's the? How do we stop? You know, we're teammates and we're not allowed to close out. But what's to stop me saying like, man, I blew my back out in that last match. Like I'm, I'm forfeiting. Mm. Does when if I do that, does that mean the person that I beat takes my spot, or do I still default to get the silver medal by forfeiting due to injury? That is, a I actually very don't good know question. the answer to that, that is question. An exceptionally good question. I think that I think the way to close that loophole would be if you forfeit. Well, I don't know. Is it harsh to say if you forfeit due to injury, you also like forfeit like your medals and everything? I don't think that's fair because if you say, for example in the case um, where you're you're fighting the semi and you let your arm break to win it, to get on the podium, and then you're like, oh, I'm not doing the final, my arm's broken. Should you be, okay, first of all, you shouldn't let your arm break, but should you have your silver medal in Worlds if it means that much to you, taken away from you, 
because yeah. you're, you, you know, you put everything on the line to get past the semi. Yeah. Cause then like, where do you draw the line? Right. Imagine that let's say it was the semi, right? Mm. So I beat, you know, Steven, I don't know why Steve, I beat him and I make it to, to the final. So now I'm either going to get a gold or silver medal. He's getting a bronze, right? Mm. But then I, whether it's closing out or not, let's say I forfeit the final. Cause I'm like, man, I hurt my back. Mm. If I were to then have to swap places with Steven. Okay. So, so Steven gets to go fight for the gold medal and I get a bronze. That's bullshit. Like, you so, beat him. You beat Steven. Yeah. So then what's to stop like, using that loophole to close out mm. and just go, oh man, Kieran, no, you take the go, I'm forfeiting. Cause then that's, if they yeah. did, if they did try to play it like that, then that's kind of saying, well, you didn't really win unless you're able to do another fight afterwards. Mm. You know, that's cause yeah. like, you know, cause if it's the final and I, and I pull my back out winning, yeah, I wouldn't be able to do another fight after that. It's Does that final. mean I'm automatically, you know, disqualified? Well, like, where's where's well, the line? You know, you're how bringing up gonna... an interesting point. Like, if you let your arm break, did you actually win the fight? Even though you may have won on points, but your arm's broken. Who won? Yeah. So that's for them, the rule makers to decide, I yeah. guess. Well, that's an interesting- Anyway, so that's a loophole. I wonder how mm. they'll police it. Because you do see that. I'll give you another example for those who maybe aren't aware that this happened. Can't remember the year, but it was in the absolute final, I believe, of Worlds, where it was Bushesha and Leandro Lowe. And they're not teammates, they fight for different teams, but they're, I believe they're quite good friends and whatever. And so they, when they walked out onto the mat, Lowe had like his arm was strapped, he had a massive like ice pack taped to his shoulder, like, cause some, he like, dislocated his shoulder or something in the previous match that, that he won, but it wasn't, I can't remember exactly how it happened, but he was out there like on the mats with Bushesha for the final of the absolute with his shoulder, like taped. There was no way he was fighting. Right. And Bushesha, who it was as if Bushesha was like, Oh man, I'm already like got a million of these world titles. So he gave the win to Leandro Lowe. Right. So Lowe's, so it was as if they closed out. Right. And, mm. and they had had an agreement. Oh, low, you take the win. But when you look at that and go, well, man, there's no way low could have competed. His shoulder wasn't even in its socket or whatever, you know? So how, if you take that exact same situation and low wouldn't have been able to fight. That's a closeout. Yeah. Is it a closeout? Like, I, I think it is. Yeah. Well, that's a closeout because Bushesha gave mm. the, the win, but yeah. let's say, Leandro just had to pull out. Does mm. Bushesha get the win and it's not a closeout? Like I think in that case, if, if if you could be like medically cleared, maybe it'll come down to medical clearance. I wonder, right? Maybe maybe if you're that's, pulling- That's crazy. I wonder if that maybe would- it is if, a, if the medic clears you to fight, but how can they, I guess it depends how much is the athlete willing to, to put on a show because yeah, pain exactly. is subjective, right? You know, you could fake any injury that the yep. medic there is not going to be able to like clear you without injury, an right? MRI or yeah, something, yeah. you know, like. Yeah, hundred percent. Or you get out in the mats and you say, oh, you know, my disc is real bad. You've been cleared by the medic. So you have to fight, but then like halfway through you tap and you're like, no, no, no. Yeah. You know, then, then like you're d discrediting yourself on the world stage. If people think you you're are, faking it, if people legit But have you never it, seen football? <laughs> like, like soccer, as in yeah, soccer, yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, 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 you know, people on the professional stage fake 
stuff all the oh, time. Oh, man, it's embarrassing. Anyway, like yeah. I don't think it's in the nature of jiu-jitsu athletes to fake injuries. You would hope not. But I just figured that I just only in this conversation now had realised that mm. even maybe loophole's the wrong word. Like what is the what is the protocol if that legitimately happens? Two th- teammates make it to where it would be a closeout but one is legitimately injured. Do uh, Is IBJJF going to request medical clearance or is it just going to be on a case by case basis? It'd be very interesting to see how that unfolds in the the upcoming years or even in this 2022 world championship. So, I mean, yeah, yeah, I'll be watching that, but um, I do have a little bit more information on the, on this, this breaking news and it's all about the cash prizes. This is the thing that has been getting a lot of competitors up in arms about this whole rule because attached to the official statement, IBJJ, like we're not going to read the official statement, but it's along the lines of, um, you know, closeouts are no longer allowed and uh, competitors risk being double DQ'd and they essentially uh, will lose the, you know, they'll be disqualified, they'll lose their points and, and they'll also money. lose their prize money. So what is- <laughs> A lot of athletes sitting here going, what prize what money? Prize money? <laughs> exactly. I knew that was going to be the follow-up question. So what is IBJJF prize money for Worlds? Well, they're bringing back the prize money um, and it's the, the most recent numbers and figures I could find was from 2019. And the prize money depends on how many athletes sign up for your division. But for Worlds, it's between four and $7,000 US for, for winning and $10,000 for winning absolute. I couldn't find any runner-up prize money, any second place, third place. So I think it's just for the winners. Uh, again, I, I, I had a good look. I couldn't find anything. So if you if you know more than I, please let us know in the comments on YouTube or, or shoot us through a message on Instagram if you could find some more information for us. Um, but yeah, so you don't get that, uh, that prize money. Now, how does that compare to other organizations you ask? I see you asking, uh, as in ADCC. So in comparison, it's pretty similar. I thought it would be a lot different, but ADCC offers more money in in total, but it's, uh, let me just take you through it. So if you're curious, the most current ADCC figures uh, for this upcoming 2022 ADCC prize money for for men, and yeah, it's different between men and women. That's, uh, yeah, there's a, there is a gap here. Uh, between men 66 kilo and 99 plus, it's first place is 10,000, second place is 5,000, third place is 3,000 and fourth place is 1,000. And that's for your weight division. For women, first place is 6,000. Second place is three. Third is two. And fourth is one. So we have a dis- uh, discrepancy of $4,000 in comparison to first of men's, which is 10. And first of women's, which is six. For absolute division, the price money steps up considerably. It's first is 40,000. Second Holy is 10. Holy shit. Yeah. Third is five. And fourth is one. So 40K for any absolute uh, winner. And super fight, the winner gets forty thousand. The loser gets ten thousand dollars show money. So the total prize money that ADCC offers is a lot more. Is is more, but it's not a whole lot if you if you think if about. You're it, just it's looking at the, if you're just looking at the weight division, it's yes. not a it's not a huge amount more. I think the biggest difference, and again, I don't know if IBJJF pays the entire podium. I don't think they do, but um, hypothetically, let's assume they don't. Um, the, the difference is four to seven for the winner, depending on, you know, the, this is IBJJF, uh, for depending on how many people show up. Um, and, but that's for men and women. It's the same. They don't, yeah. they don't discriminate like ADCC. Yeah. But also hang on, let me, Ooh, we're you, going keep, on you, keep, you keep talking while yeah, I so, do some math. So it's, it's interesting that the total prize money is $230,000 for, uh, ADCC. 
Now that that pretty much just talks about and and shows you when these athletes are asking for more money, we look at the arguably the biggest organization, the most popular, if not biggest, but the the organization, the event, if you will, that has the most eyeballs on it, that has the exclusive rights from Flow Grappling, that has, you know, all these sponsors like the Joe Rogan experience, all these people throwing money at this event and the total prize pool for all athletes in this, in the biggest event in our sport is $230,000. Yeah. And so what did you say was the, for the weight division, the Mm. winner got how much? For ADCC or it's $10,000. $10,000. And then, yeah. So, I mean, but that's also ADCC has far fewer weight divisions. It does. They only have have two weight divisions. Well, they have four total, right? Two male and two female. Well, no, it's, it's 66, 77, 88, 99. Four. Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. 99 yeah. plus. So they, yeah, so they have less weight divisions as well. Yes. So yes. they're having to pay that across less divisions. Yes, exactly. They do have these absolute fights, um, one for each, I believe, and a super fight. But I mean, it, yeah, they, they have it splayed out. Their total prize money is, is technically $230,600 or something like it's that. It's quite interesting though that the pay discrepancy between – the men and women. It is interesting. I found that very interesting. I, uh, I don't know. I, I don't really know what to say about that. It's hard. Like, I guess I'm, I can see, I don't want to really get into that, I guess, because it's, I feel like it's a losing argument no matter yeah. what side of the fence you yeah. sit on because anyway, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I like exactly where you come from. I totally agree. But it's, um, you know, it's shit either way. Yeah. It's, so that that's that's what you're risking to lose is that four to seven thousand in in this uh, IBJJF thing, and I mean ADCC has the same rules. They have the exact yeah. same rule, and you lose the same. Like every, all the penalties are exactly the same. But the reason that I'm like really splaying out the prize money is one, I think it's very interesting because I mean in all combat sports at the moment, prize money or paying athletes is a huge topic. Um, it's like a, a buzz topic constantly and for good reason. Um, but the, the reason that I'm bringing up the IBJJF prize money is that some IBJJF competitors, some athletes out there are asking for or de- demanding, if you will, more money to fight their teammates. So what they're saying f- effectively is that that four to $7,000 needs to be increased if they are to fight their uh, teammates all out. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Totally agree. That's so stupid. Yeah, totally agree. What? Uh, yeah. That doesn't make any sense. And ironically, you, in saying that, are agreeing with Gordon Ryan. <laughs> that's, that's super dumb. But, um, yeah. I, I've fought a teammate before. I don't really enjoy fighting teammates, mm. uh, especially if it's someone you train a lot with. Mm. But you got to look at it from – I hate to side with, with Gordon Ryan and Flow Grappling, but in this case they are right. It's – we're trying you're looking at a sport that is trying to grow yeah and grow the if it's not a spectator sport if it's not entertaining for the spectators the kind of the growth of the sport stops there's a lot of sports that are incredibly difficult and take a huge amount of skill and whatever 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 but no spectators are really interested in the sport therefore there's no money in the sport and you know, a lot of Olympic sports, for example, take 
huge amounts of training and years of dedication, but they're not really a spectator sport. Therefore, there's no money. Like, where do you think that money comes from? It comes from sponsorships. It comes from ticket sales. It comes from all this Bums sort and of- seats. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So- Exactly. From a spectator point of view, no one really wants to see a closeout you know, like, yeah, you, if it's friends of yours or they're teammates of yours or whatever, you're happy to see a closeout. But yeah. if you're just the average spectator, you don't want you don't want to see a closeout. Yeah, you don't want some climactic, the final of whatever match finish without there being a match. Imagine if you paid all that money to go to the IBJJF Worlds and like the big event. Maybe it's absolute division. And uh, the black belt absolute, and like it's going to be this awesome match with the two best competitors, and then all of a sudden, because they're teammates, they they shake hands, and then it's a big flop. You're yeah, like, what the fuck? Yeah, it's super anti anticlimactic. Yeah, or they fake it, and you're like, you fucking. Yeah, I I mean, I get where the athletes are coming from. Being someone who obviously trains as well, I get that you you spend a lot of time. It's very intimate. It's very personal. Mm. Like competing with someone. When we spoke about this. Prior to the episode, I said, oh, you know, there's a Formula One analogy coming, you know? Yeah. Formula One fans kind of don't really like it when you see teammates be given what's called team orders. So you've got like two Ferraris, but, you know, the team orders will be for the person in front to let the guy, the, the guy behind go past. And most of the time, the drivers don't want to do that. You know, the drivers want to race and just regardless of the fact that they're both in the same car, mm. you know, they, they just – in Formula One, the drivers will say their number one opponent is their teammate yeah. because you you need to be able to prove like there's no discrepancy, right? You can be in a Ferrari and go, well, I'm losing to Mercedes because their car's faster. Yeah. But when it's like, well, why are you losing to that dude? He's in the same car as you. You're both in the same Ferrari car. Yeah. Like, no, whoever is faster is- Purely skill. Yeah. So they, you know, no Formula One fans don't usually like seeing that. Right. So why is it any different here? Yeah, I agree. And I'll take it one step further and say that if they want to be taking, taken seriously as professional athletes, then this is what you need to do. You need to grow up a little bit like, and you need to compete. If you want to be, if you want all this prize money, if you want the sport to be legitimized, if you want more money to compete, if you want to make a living off being a professional jujitsu athlete, which is nearly impossible now, um, you know, there's obviously other ways of making money. Uh, but in jujitsu, but if you want to purely make money from prize money in competing, then you need to legitimize the sport a bit more and take it seriously. Yeah. And although I, th- I think you nailed it when you said that it's difficult because jujitsu, competitive jujitsu, is not really seen as a, a spectator sport, particularly IBJJF, because of the rule sets. And you know, we can get into that in another day. But yeah, I, I get, I get the argument. Yeah, I would also argue though, I'm not trying to take away, I'm not trying to say that the prize money isn't important, mm. but really it's it's peanuts, right? In, when it's this low, yeah, yeah. No, but yeah, but regardless, even if the prize money was massive, mm. you're, they're going to, if ADCC paid nothing, right, to some degree it wouldn't matter in the sense that if you won ADCC and got no prize money, the amount of seminars and instructionals you're exactly. going <clears throat> to get after that, you know, so even even if they paid 20K, even if they paid 50K, I'm not, I mean, $50,000 is a lot of money, but 
you know, you're still going to make more than that just with your instructionals and everything that you can do with your fame yeah. after that. That's how you make money in jiu-jitsu is yeah. teaching. So, so, I mean, I only said, said that in the, to address that you could make, like the idea of making money, making a living from prize money, that's silly because if you're winning competitions, you're, the ability to make a lot more money with seminars and, mm. and instructionals and stuff is there. Yeah. So I guess if you're someone who really hates teaching and you just want to, okay, I could see that there needs to be more prize money for you to make a living. But to be fair, in that in that case, to play devil's advocate, you wouldn't be making your money as necessarily the athlete. You'd be making the money as the teacher. Oh, of course. But, Obviously, but people you're don't, right though. A lot of the time, people don't care if you're a good teacher or yes. not. If you if you won that competition, people are going to buy your Irrelevant. instructional, yep. whether you're a shithouse teacher yep. or not. Or even if you just have like lots of followers on Instagram, they're going to buy your instructional. So. Oh, man. I went... Were you there when I was talking oh, about yeah, this yeah, one yeah. That's last That's why I brought night. it up. <laughs> I was just probing you for, for a rant. I but, uh, I'm, I'm out of energy for that rant. Let, it's, Save anyway. it for another day. <laughs> why, are, why, why are people who are outranked by blue belts making jujitsu instructionals? Yeah. Anyway, my instructional is coming soon. Uh, there's more information on that uh, that's going to be revealed in the future, but I have an instructional coming. Uh, how to bah. piss off Adam. It's technically a course. We changed the name. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think this is interesting. And another little uh, tidbit, just to close it out and round it out, the, the announcements from IBJJF um, is the Grand Prix is returning. Well, yeah, that was going to be my next next sort of- mm. uh, What do you know about the Grand Prix? I don't know so much the, about the, it. The, the Grand Prix is like, uh, yeah, it's think about it like an extra weight division, if you will. It's like an event where it's a select few athletes and it works the same way. They fight their way through the bracket. So- Is it the, invitational? I believe it's invitational. The last one I watched was when I was in Vegas. It was a heavyweight Grand Prix. Oh. And it was- um, you know, so Cyborg was in it, Joel Gabriel Horsha. Right. So Vinicius it's- Prator, Luis Panza. So they um, have like, they will say, it's kind of like, um, is it like EBI where they say this event is for this weight class? Yeah, and it's like kind a big of. Event yeah, kind of like class. BJJ Stars as well that happens down in Brazil. So they'll have this bracket of, mm. you know, certain amount of athletes. And yeah, the, even the one back in Vegas in, I think 2019, I think it was, and Cyborg won it. Was that at the World Masters Championship? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm just reading your shirt. Oh yeah, does it say 2019? Yeah, it says 2019. there we go. <laughs> and Cyborg won. And I think it was similar to the absolute prize money for ADCC that you're okay. saying. I think Cyborg grand. got, yeah, 40 or 50 grand or something. And Joel Gabriel Horsha, who got second, got 10,000, I think. The that, that's the same as the ADCC money, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It was because it happened inside the world's masters. Oh man. It was the, the it wasn't like this one event that had a lot of like behind it. It was a bit like oh. in my opinion, but yeah. Well, hopefully now because they're, you, you know, all right, let's just get into the speculation side. You have some theories as to why IBJJF is being so active in this space at the moment talking about prize money, talking about closeouts, enforcing yeah. their penalty 6.1.5. Uh, yeah, I just wonder because there were a lot of closeouts at PANs, mm. right, That the, the Pan Ams that just happened. I think there were, I don't know, there was a huge amount of closeouts. And 
Flow Grappling and IBJJF have just announced this, that they're doing five Grand Prix this year. Mm. And I don't, obviously I don't know the exact terms of their agreement, but I, I wonder how much leverage or pressure or in depth the conversation was between Flow Grappling and IBJJF where I wouldn't I don't think it's too far fetched to say that Flow Grappling could have come to the table and and sat down and said, "Look guys, if you want to play with the big boys in terms of the entertainment industry side of jiu-jitsu, which yeah. is what Flow Grappling has the monopoly on, if you want to hang with us, right? You can't be doing this closeout bullshit. I can't sell subscriptions and tickets if there's going to be fights closing out, how can I charge someone to watch a fight where two dudes walk out and shake hands? No one wants to pay to see that. And I sell uh, like a subscription service. Mm. So I wonder if the combination of the Pan Ams with a bunch of closeouts, or that could even just be coincidental. Maybe Flow Grappling and IBJJF have been talking for months prior. And that and may maybe, have been the may, catalyst for it. Yeah, like or, it could have, it or like I said, it could have just been a coincidence. Right, I, don't, right. I don't know. But I'm not necessarily trying to s- speculate or conspiracy theory. I'm just saying I don't think it's, it's business, that yeah. unrealistic to imagine that conversation took place. And maybe it didn't. For all I know, IBJJF re, uh came to this conclusion on their own, for all I know. I don't know, but I'm just saying the fact that, you know, Flo and them are partnering up a bit more, five GPs in one year, like that's a lot. Mm. That's pretty cool. I wonder if that conversation happened. And I can yeah. imagine it did, but maybe it didn't. And if you did put your tinfoil hat on for a second and wanted to play that conspiracy game, then you could even go as far to say, hey, if if Flo grappling is losing if their if their subscribers are losing interest in IBJJF events because of closeouts at all the finals, then if Flo pulls the plug on IBG, IBJJF, stops supporting them, like relinquishes the monopoly and says, "Yep, we're not interested anymore." Where do you think the sport's going to go? Where Where do you think yeah, the direction of the yeah. sport is going to go? Do you think yeah, that Flo, I mean interest, IBJJF would that would peter off into less and less relevance because if you're not getting Without you know, the instantly eyeballs. replacing flow grappling exactly. with a, 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 another big sort of yeah, but production then you have, company. But like if if I owned a – say, for example, I'm a, I'm a jiu-jitsu athlete. I'm, I compete. I'm very interested in competitive jiu-jitsu. I'm like the target demographic for flow. Do you really think I'm going to go out and buy an additional subscription just to watch IBJJF? Yeah, no way. No way. And like it's not big enough for pay-per-view. No one's going to like pay – for pay-per-view live on an IBJJF tournament. It's just not as entertaining. It's not like, it's not MMA. It's not UFC. It's not like a big spectacle where they can run one fight after the other in a, in a confined space. You know, they have multiple fights going on at the same time. So it, it makes sense. What you're saying, I think makes perfect sense. And I think again, as shitty as it is to have one company monopolizing the entire sport at the moment, I like what they're doing. So I'm okay with it for now. <laughs> uh, yeah. Until Fair I enough. don't like it's, <laughs> yeah. it's kind of like uh, what, what, when people get into politics and they say like you know you know if, uh, if you're happy with your uh, like if if freedom of speech this sort of conversation comes up a lot like oh people should be censored but then the counter conversation is but what if the other party gets in power and then they censor people that you like or you know it's the yeah. same sort of thing like with a monopoly on the the media industry in jujitsu it's like 
yeah, we're happy with it now, but what do we do when we're not? <laughs> yeah, 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 that's true. Uh, I think the the last sort of point that I have to make about the closeout things is that for for competitions where there's brackets, yeah, I'm, I'm all on board. I guess it's a little bit different when then you start looking at things like who's number one. And that can definitely be treated, in my opinion, on a case-by-case basis because it's just one fight. It's matchmaking. Yeah, yeah, it's matchmaking. So I don't think there's anything wrong then with, you know, if who's number one approached you and said, hey, man, I want you to fight him. And you go, bro, he's my teammate. I don't want to fight him. And, you know, I think that's fine yeah, to totally. refuse to fight your teammate. Or really, to, you could refuse to fight anyone. They don't even have to be your teammate. Like- I don't know if, if I had to, I don't know. I got friends of mine. Well, I guess most of my friends are the same team, but (laughs) just trying to think it could be someone who trains at a different team, you know, but you're good friends or whatever. And you're a man, I want to fight him. However, wait, shut up. However, yeah, if (laughs) it were, let's say it's an organization where you hold the, the title, right? You know, like the you're the fight to win, you know, middleweight champion or whatever, where they mm. give you the belt and everything. And then you're having to essentially defend your belt, similar to UFC yeah. or whatnot. Then I think it's a bit different. So let's say you're the, the belt holder for, you know, yeah, for fight to win middleweight. And yeah, you don't want to fight your teammates and most of your teammates don't want to fight you. You've then got teammates essentially – not, you know, they're willing to to push aside their desire for the belt because they don't want to fight you, their teammate. But if a teammate comes up, you know, and they're willing to fight you and then fight fight to win says, Kieran, man, you've got to fight Adam. And you go, but I don't want to. He's 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 my teammate. You're like, yeah, but he's a contender and he's willing to fight you even though you're teammates. I think you have a responsibility to either relinquish the belt or defend it. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Right? Like if it'd be different if, if they're like, I want you to fight Adam and then – you know, you're both like, but Adam's yeah. like, but I don't want to fight him. No, no, yeah. no. He can keep the belt. I don't want to, yeah. you know, well, they, do that. they do that in MMA. Yeah, yeah. Right. But if, if Adam's there going, nah, man, I'll, I'll fight him. Yeah. We're teammates, but no, like this Wait, is are my you Adam time. in this. I situation? don't know. Maybe it doesn't matter. And I'm, I've got the belt. I wouldn't yeah. fight you, bro. <laughs> you smash me. You serious? <laughs> but you know what I mean? I think in, in that regard, you've then got an obligation to relinquish the belt or yeah. defend it. Yeah, the sense. whole idea of being the, the champion is that you can defend your title and you can, you know, keep the contenders at bay. Mm. Oh no, not you, not you. Yeah. Uh, hang on. Uh, I'm not going to fight you. Uh, you're cool. Just stay there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, fight you, fight you, fight you. No, yeah. you got to like, the idea is that you can take them all on. Yeah. hundred percent. That's, that's interesting. And I think that the bigger jujitsu becomes, the more of these, more emphasis on these events we'll see, the more like attention who's number one will get and the less attention IBJJF will get. That's my prediction. Yeah. In saying that, I think the pans had, man, like there were some good fights mm. at the pans, mm. you know, pe- people, people have, uh, you know, quick to criticize the gi mm. and whether you want to argue because it's unrealistic or whatever, blah, 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 blah. Man, there were some awesome matches and yeah. Okay. You can't do heel hooks in the gi, 
we know, we all know it's now. It's one element though. Yeah. It's one. Yeah. yeah. And we all know that now in, in Nogi IBJJF for brown and black belt adults, you can do heel hooks mm-hmm. and we've seen a lot of them already in IBJF competitions. But man, in the Gi, there were some awesome fights mm. and wow, some really super athletic people, crazy good fights. Mm. Uh, there wasn't a lot of oh, slow, boring worm guard mm. that I see. There was not a lot of this double guard pull, butt scooting, nothing happening. You know, yeah, there was a phase that that happened. But I found a lot of the gi matches just as entertaining and scrambly and fast-paced and athletic and action-packed as a lot of no-gi fights are. That's you what know? we want, yeah. Yeah, so it's I don't know, man. Maybe, maybe I don't know what the reason for the change was. Maybe it was just the cultural growth of jiu-jitsu and the, thing, and the fact that techniques come in and out of style. Maybe it was the influence of the way people are doing no-gi and leg lock games and leg entanglement. Mm. I don't know. But it was not your slow, grindy, Methodic, sort of yeah. boring yeah. jiu-jitsu. It was crazy fast-paced. Yeah. You know, I, thought, I thought it was great. I'll definitely be watching Worlds this year. Yeah. Like, I think – I have high hopes for it, particularly with these changes, like with IBGGF putting the fire under the the butts of some athletes and saying, hey, you know, we're, we're trying our hardest, you know, us and Flow Grappling, we're trying to build this sport, we're trying to get more prize money to you, we're trying to, you know, build all this revenue to, to support you as athletes, fucking come to the table, put on a show. Yeah, that's it as well, right? You know, put on a show. It is a... I mean, yeah, if you, the money comes from the spectators and the sponsors mm. and everything. and Make it more entertaining, more you know, people like, watch. Like I think Gordon Ryan said something along the lines of, oh, how can you expect to get paid if you're closing out and there's like four people yeah. in the grandstands? And they're all your mates. Yeah. yeah. Which, yeah, Makes I sense. mean, you can't argue with him, it's, you know. You fucking can't. <laughs> I mean, I'm not – if. I'm not trying to discredit it. Just, I mean, any sport that doesn't have spectators, I'm not discrediting – how legitimate the sport is or how difficult it is or whatever. Mm. But yeah, when the money's got to come from somewhere mm-hmm. and it's, yeah, spectators and sponsors and yeah, all that, that's where the revenue needs to come from to pay the athletes. And if it's not entertaining to watch, you know, I mean, there's not a lot of money in rowing yeah, because right? it's not that fun to watch. Yeah. So where's them? There's no money in it, right? It's not like there's just one person sitting back being like, I've got all this money to yeah. spend on rowing, but I'm <laughs> keeping it for myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I think that's a really good analysis breakdown. I definitely learned something. Um, yeah. But I'll definitely be keeping an eye on the whole development and be watching um, Worlds this coming year yeah. uh, to see, yeah, to see what changes and to see if, if it does do what I think it's going to do and really, invigorate some of these. Yeah, these it'd be interesting. And it's also, for those who don't know, they usually as well try to put athletes from the same team on different yeah. sides of the bracket. They do that at so, local comps. Yeah, so yeah. you don't come up against your teammate in the first match. Mm. You know, it's and that's why you see the closeouts happen in finals, right? Yeah, because they're opposite ends. Yeah, so it'll be, yeah, let's see what happens, you know, at, at, at Worlds. If, they, if there are a bunch of people – Teammates fighting. Are there a bunch of people who f- close out and forfeit? Does someone fake an injury to mm. close out? Let's see what happens, eh? Well, yeah, watch this space on that. And uh, while we close out this episode, 
I uh, just wanted to give a shout out to our two latest patrons that just signed up. Thank you so much to Joey and Alex. Especially Joey. <laughs> who I've learned also hates Joe Rogan. Oh, I, I, have to read it. I have to read it. Joey's quote uh, when he when he joined Patreon, he sent us through a message and he said, I literally joined Patreon to show support for Adam's 100% accurate views of Joe Rogan. I wonder if we're going to get a message from Joey and like now once he, he listens to this episode and he's like, oh guys, I forgot that like sarcasm doesn't come through in text. <laughs> and he's actually like completely disagrees with me. He's got a Joe Rogan tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shout out to Joey and Alex. Shout out yeah, to Alex. Thank you guys. Awesome. If you want to join Joey and Alex and any other Patreons, you can find that link on our Instagram Beyond mm. Jiu-Jitsu underscore podcast. It's in our bio. All the information's there. Link trees to submit audio questions, whatever, nudes. We'll take it all. Until next time.